0: Lord Walk in truth.
1: The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order him to go back into the abyss. Now there was on the hillside a large herd of swine that was feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all of the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Today we celebrate uh, Graduation Sunday. We celebrate yearly a time when our high school graduates but we also at times honor our college graduates others who are graduating from other types of institutions and we celebrate that transition in their life. And it is a huge transition when we reach that place in life, when we are graduating from something and graduating into something else. So today, of course, I'm speaking to the graduates directly, those who are, in fact, graduating, but also speaking to those who are going to graduate, those gathered here who, at some time in your life, have graduated, And I would venture to say as we listen to the Spirit of God in our lives and the wisdom of Scripture, most every day in our lives we have the opportunity to graduate, to grow, and transform if we have the eyes to see it. Amen? So today on Psalm 42 we lift it up because in fact... It's such a perfect psalm when you're going through a graduation process in your life. Now, whatever that process is, you'll note that at times in this graduation process, as you're graduating from something, you are rising up. You've had lessons and experiences that have enriched and nourished you. But there's also at that place an emptying that goes on. You know what I'm saying? There's that filling that we talk about in Psalm 42, of God's Spirit filling us. But it also describes that sense of emptying. When in fact, we're looking in our life for what is next. Do you hear what I'm saying? On some level, we're calling out in life for what is next. So as we celebrate graduation Sunday, we lift up Psalm 42. That shows us that transition that we are all in some form of a graduation process from something and into something. And as we do that, there's a sense of filling, and there's a sense also of longing and emptying so that we might be open to this next stage or phase in our lives. And for people who call themselves part of the body of Christ, that means that God takes part in that calling In your life to what that life is going to be about where it finds meaning and purpose and where it finds its service so that we are in this process of being graduated from something into something having our longings touched and then having a thirst for what is next In our destiny, what is next in our lives? And so we acknowledge that for a people who are a part of the body of Christ, the second part of that graduation is also answering on some level a call. That as we seek prayerfully in that emptiness, as God begins to impress upon us, then in fact, what is that call? Maybe not an exact career or service area, but a general idea of where you feel spiritually called to build your life, to build your legacy, to build what it is you will call your family, to build and be a part of what it is you call your community, to be a part of. The only organization on the face of this earth that gathers together at least once a week and proclaims that they are a people that regardless of all doctrine, regardless of all ideas, share one thing in common. And that one thing is is that we put the exercise of sacrificial love for others and this creation and the Spirit of God first in our life an organization that puts sacrificial love at the center of their being. And then however that manifests itself, often in the most ordinary of ways. So we are called to graduate daily and to assume the task we have been called to do. So as I was reflecting on this I've taught on this once before and there's been as always some change but one thing came to mind as I was thinking about this notion of calls they're a complicated thing and mostly because if you study scripture and listen to it there are three rather uncomfortable characteristics of being called number one God, how we name this thriving, unimaginable source of creation, right? God usually calls us to a task that we would rather be caught dead than doing it. Amen? A rousing amen. (laughs) Nudges us to do a task that we said I'd never do. Secondly, if we study scripture, God often calls us to do something that others are better able to do the task. Have you noticed that? All of a sudden, you'll get this nudge to do something. And you'll look around and say, God, you know, what's happening with with your uh, attention? Are you having attention disorder? You're calling me to do this? Look over here, there's John, there's Andrew. They're so much better at that than I am. And then you hear that whisper of God saying, that's why I'm calling you. You hear what I'm saying? And third, when we acknowledge God and our call, is usually that call comes at a time and place when we are most unwilling to do it and we think God is having bad timing problems. Can I get an amen? So if we're going to hear the words of Scripture today, for all of us who are graduates in this wonderful journey in school life, then first of all, we need to know that God often calls us to do the very thing we have said we'd never be caught dead doing. How many times has that happened to you? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many times has that happened in our lives? But you know, in a way, so much of that should happen in our lives Because when we make those kinds of difficult decisions and we make those kinds of changes of thought, that usually indicates growth. Amen? Now, some of you may not be able to imagine this, but some of you can. All of you should. You can think of something that maybe just a week ago you thought thought was an absolute truth. Maybe a month ago you thought was an absolute truth. And then for those of us with a little more experience or years, you might have something that 10 years ago or 20 years ago you thought was an absolute fact that you completely embraced the notion only to find yourself 10 or 20 years later absolutely disagreeing with yourself. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I knew that would be rousing. (laughs) That's the part of who we are. Listening, change, being willing at times to do something we've said we'd not be caught dead doing. At times in our lives where you say, oh, to go down and serve the homeless on the other side of town, I I couldn't do that. Or to take some of my time to spend it in a way that is a blessing to others and has no tangible benefit to my own life. to be able to make those kind of choices that at one time or another you may have rejected. To do that means we make a return for those who are graduating. Remember, as you graduate from, you're also taking from this cradle, this group of people who share that spirit of Christ, some of their key understandings and values and to cherish those and sometimes it's a process of discovery and remembrance even years down the line I remember Annie Lamott in one of her books was writing this wonderful story her pastor shared with her now follow this, it gets difficult her pastor shared with her That when the pastor was seven years old, the pastor had another girl who was a little older than her and her friend. Okay, you follow me so far? Perfectly clear, right? Okay. So anyway, Annie Malott's pastor, as an adult, sharing this childhood tale and tells the story of her good friend. Her good friend at that time, and this was quite a few years ago, at about eight years old, was making a journey to do an errand and got lost. How many of you as a child have ever gotten lost? Isn't that a terrible feeling? And then you notice as you press on how it starts to kind of get worse. Do you notice that? Well, that's exactly what was happening to Annie Lamott's pastor's childhood friend. So this child was astute, though. She's walking lost. She saw a a police officer giving someone a parking ticket. Pretty bright. She goes over to the police officer and told the officer her dilemma. She was lost. The police officer decided to drive in circles. Figured sooner or later, we keep driving in circles, we're going to find her neighborhood and house. So the policeman was driving in circles for probably close to a half hour, 45 minutes. And all of a sudden the little girl's face lit up and she became just bright and excited and she pointed and she goes, oh look, she goes, there's my church. I can always find my way home from here. Do you hear what I'm saying? Though you've graduated and gone on, remember at times in the confusion. Of choices to remember some of the values you've gained here because from those values you can find your way home secondly today in terms of advice to all of us who are graduates in this wonderful journey of life is that God often calls us to do something that someone else is better at doing. We all know that experience, right? Where you see someone else, you know they're better at it, and yet God is nudging you to do this ministry in the church. God is nudging you to do this ministry outside the walls of the church. God is, which is also our parish. The world is our parish. You know, God is calling you to some of these ministries that go outside and reach outside. That's a wonderful thing and a wonderful call to have on our lives, but often we doubt our abilities. We doubt our abilities. I sometimes wonder about this. The creator of the entire universe spiritually gives you a nudge to do something, and you feel that you don't have the ability to accomplish the task. Really? Do you hear what I'm saying? What it assures is that God calls the imperfect who have to lean on that deep spirit, not just on their own human strength and devices. And it's wonderful to have great human strength and devices and talents. But also when you really grow, think about it, it's when you lean deeper into what you can't see. And what you don't know you're capable of, and be surprised at the amazing things that can happen. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, last of all today, God's call is almost certain to come into our lives at a time that we consider, in fact bad. It's a bad time and place. How many of you know that feeling? God gives you a nudge to do something or other, but it's just not the right time, right? You're in a hurry. You got miles to go and things to accomplish before your day is over, right? You're busy. You're busy with life. We'll get to some of those other things later, right? And remember also Life is an amazing journey. It's complicated, at times painful, and at other times strenuous, always requiring strength and compassion. It's not easy. And to be able to reach down to that spirit that has created all that is, And find that companionable strength is an amazing experience for us. And we are called to be a part of the doing of it. Even though whenever it comes it will seem like a bad time and a bad place. You hear what I'm saying? It will seem like a bad time and a bad place. But answer the call because you might be surprised. I know that For me, and for years, the uh, cartoon section of the newspaper is hardly done for children, amen? But it is a way to get a synopsis of uh, the world around us in some very interesting ways, right? So I usually turn to them kind of first before the headlines and see what the humorous wisdom of the day might be. Uh, there was a few years ago a very popular, not as popular now, um, cartoon by the name of Broomhilda. How many of you remember Broomhilda? Yeah. She was a homely witch. Not very powerful. Thank God, not very dark. But she was a selfish, troublesome creature. And she had a best friend. Best friend was Erwin the Troll. And Erwin was Naive. Compassionate and patient. And so I would turn my eyes to this wonderful cartoon because I love the conflict between those qualities. So on one particular day, Brumhilda is looking reflectively into the universe. And she says, Erwin, that's the troll, what would be the best way to make the world better? Erwin, the troll, thought for a moment. And then he replied, start with yourself. Give up your bad habits and your evil pleasures. And then when you're good, and when you're pure, you'll stand as a shining example to others. The next frame... Broomhilda is perplexed. And on the next frame, you see her calling back out to Erwin and saying, Hey, Erwin, what's the second best way to make the world better? (laughs) We wrestle with that theme every week. Those of us who are graduating always and being called by God always, we wrestle with the theme every week. We come together, we pledge our hearts to a faith that's centered on self-sacrificial love and then we often wrestle during the week with living out that mandate. Amen? But today we celebrate in this graduation process that number one, God is calling you. God is calling you to do something, you'd probably rather be caught dead than do it. God is calling you to do something you think others do better. And God is calling you to do something you feel is the wrong time and wrong place. And frankly, if that is your experience of the calling of God in your life, it's real. Answer it. Thus ends the message. Thanks be to God. I send you forth as a people in whom the spirit of the living Christ continues to walk this good earth. And now may the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon every one of you.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons,
2: non-commercial, share-alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock or call the church at 209-668-3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day, and may God bless you.